Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've always got our Twitter polls going. Mike's going to talk about that. And, of course, listen to us and give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast delivery system. As we sit here and, of course, with Mike to discuss Week 10 in the NFL, which, Mike, uh, it was just a very, very strange week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great to hear your voice there, Dave. Uh, donning a new Buffalo Bills ski cap, folks. Uh, I- I'll give it a 8.5 out of 10. Looks good. Sprank- band- brand spanking new. Um, Dave, it was uh, a bizarro week for sure. Uh, we're going to get into you know a bunch of the games, but we had... All kinds of chaos and nonsense and uh, Cam Newton <laughs> freaking out that he's back and all kinds yeah, of stuff. That's, that's part of the nonsense. That is part of the nonsense. But let's talk about those Twitter <laughs> polls, Dave. We had two of them that uh, we'll give you the final results of. Uh, speaking of Cam Newton, uh, we asked who will start the majority of the eight remaining games for the Carolina Panthers. Uh Sam Darnold got 0% of the votes. Uh, PJ Walker got 17. And uh, Cam got 83% of the votes. And and, uh, we'll we'll get into it when we get to that game. But it does look like Cam's going to be groomed to be the starter. Uh, Matt Rule said today that, uh, you know, they're going to try to get him in as early as this week. Um, get him enough reps to be the starter, uh, and uh, we'll get into that in a minute. And then the other uh, poll question we had out there is, uh, is this the last stop for Odell Beckham Jr. there at the Los Angeles Rams? Um, A dead tie, 50% definitely said yes, and 50% said nope. Um, so really no, uh, we had no, uh, resolution to that question. Uh, I think Dave, that this is his last stop as, uh, a marquee talent, uh, someone that could considered, you know, a number one, you know, a lot of the same things that the teammates and coaching, uh, staff complained about when he was on the giants are the same things that happened in Cleveland. And now, you know, he goes out to there to L.A., who is a ready-made playoff team, it seemingly. Um, and again, we'll get into that when we get to that game. Um, but I think this is it for him. You know, he may make and, you know, see another team or two in his career, but it won't be with the fanfare and the um, diva status that he has now. What do you think on that, buddy? Yeah, I think the next team uh, that he sees, he's going to be sitting at home on the TV. Oh, wow. Really? Went right to that, huh? Uh, there it is. Definitely this is, not. This, this is it for OBJ. I mean, and we'll get into the game later. But, yeah, yeah I, you yeah. know, we just, yeah, we'll get into it. His antics, Dave, or something else. But let's go all the way back to uh, last Thursday, buddy, uh, Thursday Night Football. Uh, Dolphins versus the Ravens, and it uh, looked like on paper it was, you know, it should be a blowout for the Ravens, and it definitely turned out the other way, uh, and we saw that a lot this week. Uh, 22-10 Dolphins. Uh, Jacoby Brissett starts for the Dolphins, uh, gets hurt in what looks like to be a pretty significant injury. 
uh, and uh, Tua comes in and, you know, plays well. And, you know, maybe he just needed a little bit of a reset. He was only 8 for 13 for 158 yards, uh, but did, you know, did some nice things, managed the game, uh, and got the ball to people uh, that they needed to. Uh, he also ran one in for a touchdown, so uh, that helped as well. Uh, good defensive effort. That Miami defense has been consistent all year, and it showed up in this game. Uh, but, Dave, the most fun part of this game uh, was the fat guy non-touchdown. Um, if you guys saw the play, it was a screen pass uh, to the right. It took a long time to develop, and Tua threw the ball, uh, and there was a running back. Gaskin was right there, but for some reason, uh, number 68, and I forgot his name, uh, for the yeah, ball. I have to. He catches the ball like it was intended for him, which is wildly illegal. And, you know, the whole play was for naught. But the dude put a run together that was very impressive. He rumbles, bumbles, stumbles to the end zone. And then he gets hit Malachi Crunch at the goal line like John, El- <laughs> yeah. like John Elway in the, LA Super, in Bowl, the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah. Helicopters and the still photos, folks, of this big guard, uh, 336 pounds i saw that he weighed uh inverted and he reaches the ball out over the goal line like he's you know um right and uh you know it was called a touchdown except for again wildly illegal because he's ineligible and not allowed to catch the ball what he you know and afterwards he's like i don't know instincts took over i just saw a ball in the air and i caught it and started running um and, uh, you know, didn't hurt the team so we can laugh about it. But that was a fun play. What did you see? Anything else in this game you want to touch on? Um, your yeah. Boy Lamar Jackson or anything like uh, that? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. I, I think it's just it's just hilarious. Um, the whole drive, the whole play that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it Instinctual is exactly it. It just looked like a play right. that was drawn up and that's exactly how it was going to go. It was hard to see Gaskin because a lot of times if you're seeing screenplays, a lot, you end up with a lot of people kind of in the same area. And so it was really, really hard to see where the ball was actually going. Right. Uh, And then you end up doing the replay and you see that. Uh, Let's see what is going on here. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, um, throws his first career red zone interception in this game, Mike. Oh. Um, he had gone quite a bit without doing that in his career. Sure. Um, so that was challenging. He was sacked four times. Uh, you know, and it's just interesting because we've talked for most of the year how we we're kind of waiting for the Dolphins' defense, which was supposed to carry them. Right. Uh, and now all of a sudden they run up against this, you could argue, a, a buzzsaw kind of offense in Baltimore. And they just stymied them um, and really kind of look like the Dolphins defense we expected uh, this entire year. Um, I yeah. mean, I, it's probably, you know, too little too late. Miami sits at three and seven. There's so many teams oh, ahead of them. Right. Um, but. You know, if they were able to somehow put a winning streak together, you know, you've got a Baltimore team that they just beat. You know, yeah. if Baltimore is, you know, that, that stranger things have happened for sure. 
the other thing, Mike, that I thought was really interesting, um, Mike Kosicki, mm-hmm. uh, he is uh, he's, you know, he's a really good tight end. Yes. And he got targeted seven times in this game, Mike, no catches. Wow. None, wow. zip, zero. Thank and that you. is the first time since at least 1992 that a player has had – that's when they started tracking targets, by the way. Right. Um, that a player has had seven targets like that and no catches in a game. Wow, that's a, that's a great stat. Uh, thanks for sharing. Um, wow. Uh, I wish I could say I saw all seven targets and figure out what happened, but I didn't. But that's that's crazy. Um, you know, I, they're not going to stop going to him, though. He's one of their main offensive oh, weapons. No, no, they're definitely not. But my goodness, you know, yeah. uh, my, my younger son, Josh, had him for fantasy and he had zero <laughs> points uh, and he just was beside himself. Yeah. And then, of course, he had Austin Hooper on the bench who, you know, got the one touchdown that Cleveland decided to get into the end zone in their game. We'll get to that. Um, but oh. yeah, Josh was, was a little unhappy with, uh, Gasicki's performance. I hate say- the, the fa- one of the reasons I hate fantasy football, even though I love fantasy football is you play that game all year. I'm doing yeah. it at quarterback. I have Justin Herbert and I have Patrick Mahomes and no matter who I have in, the other guy has a great game. This week, Herbert got 12 points, and Mahomes was on my bench, got 36 and change. I mean, I won my matchup anyway, but still, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll digress. Uh, Dave, for the Ravens, uh, starting to get healthier uh, at running back, and Latavius Murray's coming back. Uh, today they uh, said goodbye to Lev Bell. See ya. Wouldn't want to be a How's yeah. that holdout working out for that dude? Right, yep. Oh, Scored a touchdown, and goodbye. Oh. Goodbye. Um, so if anyone needs a running back out there, he's on the street uh, looking for work. They did say that, you know, it may be a move because they needed the roster spot. Um, yeah. He's going to hang around and come back next week, but we'll see. Oh, I wonder, Mike, does he end up in Tennessee? Oh, interesting. Him and Adrian Peterson. Imagine if you had that backfield five years ago, oh, what people goodness. would be saying about how good that team was. Uh, yeah, but you crazy. look at what outside of the Jets, you look at what Lev Bell's moves have been recently. They've been he's been going to contenders. Oh sure, I don't blame him if there's a need at a contender. Go get you know go try to get you a, a championship. But yeah, that would be interesting. All right, what's uh, what's next on the agenda here, buddy? Where do you want? Well, go? Uh, we can go to Tennessee and talk mm-hmm. about the the Titans and the Saints. Uh, a tight game between two contending teams that. Uh, and Tennessee just continues to win these games. Uh, it was certainly was close, a 23-21 Titans win. But, uh, Mike, they have now, the Titans have won five straight against 2020 playoff teams. Wow. I mean, it's just, there's, you know, it, the schedule is one thing. You know, it always, you know, there's a formula for the NFL schedule based on where you finish in the standings and all of those things. But right. the fact that they have beaten these five straight playoff teams, uh, it and, yeah. and we've you know we've been talking about it for weeks. They're just playing great football. They're the one team in the AFC that seems to want to win. <laughs> you know, like you, no yeah. one's taking control of the AFC, uh, and we seem to always put Tennessee down. 
Um, you know, obviously the injury uh, at running back to Derrick Henry is huge, um, but very good defense. Tannehill is certainly, you know, playing, you know, serviceable. Uh, he was 19 for 27, uh, 213 yards and a TD in this game. Uh, and, you know, they're just a well well-coached team and you know are playing great football against contenders though dave uh the saints got screwed um in this game with uh oh yes tennessee you know driving down and uh Tannehill threw the ball away and they called uh roughing the passer uh on new orleans and i for the love of me i don't know what they thought they saw it wasn't a head blow uh it wasn't after the ball you know it was like milliseconds after the ball left Tannehill's hand you know what what they saw or why they called that uh roughing the passer at you know just a crucial time in the game uh really screwed the Saints in this game Uh, right and the Saints I believe intercepted the pass too Oh right, that's right. They intercepted. The so, pass, so you know, on top of everything, that. on top that's of right. everything else, they had the turnover. Right. Uh, I think it was in the end zone, right? Yes. So yes. Yep. you know, it was going to completely stymie Tennessee from scoring, and they do that, and then Tannehill a couple plays later ends up running it in, and uh, you know, changes the tone of the game right there. Yeah, and and with a two point you know win, that would have you know definitely swung the game the other way. So the Saints dropped to five and four, Dave, and we, I continue to ask the question: Are they really going to finish this season with uh, Simeon and um, what's his name Hill at quarterback? Or uh, again, I don't know who's on the street. Green Bay just cut Blake Bortles uh, now that Rodgers is back, so maybe Blake Bortles can go down there and and chuck the ball around. I, I really don't know what they're going to do aside from limp into the playoffs. Uh, and and pray, you know, their defense is on the field all game. Uh, as good of a defense as they have, they're definitely uh, going to be struggling. But, yeah, entertaining game for sure. Anything else there? Yeah, well, you know, and Simeon didn't play terrible in this. No. He was 19 of 34, 298, and two touchdowns, uh, no picks. But your your point is well taken. He's not, he's not the guy – you know, to, to lead the team to the promised land, if you will. So right. uh, neither is Blake Bortles, by the no, way. No, no, no. Regardless just, of yes. his one good year in Jacksonville, mm. um, he doesn't – it's not happening. Although, I mean, um, Blake Bortles versus Jameis Winston, I mean, is it really that much of a difference? Bortles can throw the ball downfield. He does have experience, you know, but he's going to throw those wild interceptions that you just, you know, shake your head at. But anyway. Enough Blake Bortles yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah, the only uh, two quick things. One, uh, the Saints kicker Brian Johnson missed two extra points in this game. Mm. Uh, they lost by two. That's the second time this year he's missed two extra points in a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Not what you want out of your kicker. Nope. Um, and then on the happy side for New Orleans, uh, running back Mark Ingram became the yes. all-time leading rusher for the Saints, passing Deuce McAllister. Um, so yeah, the deuce. So congrats, uh, to Mark Ingram. Obviously I'm sure he would have wanted to win the game where he does that, but, uh, congrats for passing Deuce McAllister and being the all time leading rusher in New York, New Orleans saints history. Absolutely. Good for him. I like Mark Ingram. Uh, It seems like he's a good teammate and a fun guy. 
Um, so good for him. Uh, be interesting to see, you know, where these two teams head, uh, you know, finishing the season here. Um, two teams going in opposite directions, Dave. The Cowgirls laid it on the Falcons, 43-3. to uh, Cordell Patterson got hurt in this game for the Falcons, and that was it. I mean, their offense, uh, yeah. other than yeah, Kyle he's, Pitts, he's been their offense, right. yeah. Um, and uh, the Cowgirls just, you know, did what oh, they do. It was a thumping. This was this game was on uh, nationally in the East, and it it was such a bad thumping um, to give you all some sense of it that they switched from that game mm-hmm. to the Washington Tampa game, which got done, and then they switched to the Detroit Pittsburgh game. <laughs> that just tells you how bad switch. that game was. That wow. you were able to get. Two and good stretches of two more games. Right. Uh, but yeah, Dallas, uh, Dallas going in one direction, Atlanta going in the other. Um, CD Lamb, uh, he's an issue. I mean, he's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, he had six catches, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and then you put him with, you know, Amari Cooper and Gallup and, you know, obviously uh, Dak playing well. Uh, Bounce, big bounce back for them uh, after that loss to Denver. Um, so, yep, just wanted to touch on that real quick. Uh, bad week for the Giants. They were off, and every team in their division won. Um, so <laughs> that was uh, bad, bad for us. But, uh, yeah, a, a stomping. Where do you want to go next, buddy? Well, I, uh, you mentioned teams in the NFC East, Mike. Uh, arguably – the biggest upset uh, of the weekend mm-hmm. uh, happened down in Washington, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, with the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. I got it right this time. Where'd it go, buddy? Uh, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 29 to 19. This game was close. Uh, well, Washington was up 16 to 3, and Tampa, you know, slowly got closer. Tom Brady threw two interceptions. Uh, one of them was tipped off of his receiver's hands right. uh, and caught. The other one was was just awful uh, and just a terrible throw by Tampa Tom. Uh, not a great game uh, offensively for them. Uh, just 273 yards. Uh, but I I heard this on the radio today and I agreed from watching it. If you're a Tampa fan, what you're really upset about is the play of the defense. Yes. Because Washington is not a good offensive team. And uh, they put on, Mike, one of the great regular season drives you will see. Talk about Uh, it. They had an 80-yard drive in the fourth quarter that lasted 10 minutes and 26 seconds. Of game time. Of game time. Wow. And which eventually ended in them going for it on fourth and one at the one yard line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gibson goes in and, and puts it over the top there. But think about that for 10 and a half minutes. Uh, and I didn't see all of the drive. I saw a good portion of it again because they had switched over. Right. There was a shot of Tom Brady sitting on the bench, which they do. It doesn't matter what's going on in the game. Whatever yes. network is going to show Tom Brady a hundred times. But <laughs> showing him sitting on the bench and that you know that's really the story there uh, yeah. that drive uh took up so much time that you know 
it just kept, you know, Tom Brady on the bench. And right. really, uh, that's where you got to look at your defense. You're like, are you kidding me? For 10 and a half minutes, you couldn't make one play to stop this this Washington offense. Um, and that was a, just, just a huge story. Yeah, and it's so demoralizing, you know, for the defense that's on the field, obviously physically and mentally demoralizing. The offense, frustrated they can't get on the field. Coaching staff, you know, they probably made adjustments in the drive and threw everything they could at them and uh, just couldn't stop them. You know, Washington committed to the run. Uh, Gibson, 24 attempts for 64 yards, a 2.7 <laughs> average, Dave. But I know, the numbers are crazy. Two touchdowns downs though and you know they stayed committed to it you know they did they rushed the ball 34 times and only had 94 yards total as a team 2.8 on the average uh but Heineke makes plays when he needs to and you know McLaren is you know definitely uh someone to be dealt with there as at receiver uh really bad news for Washington though in this game Chase Young uh, blew, oh, yeah. blew out his Achilles, right? Is that what it ACL, is? ACL. ACL. And uh, gone for the season, unfortunately, for them. Uh, you know, as much as I, you know, don't want Washington to, to succeed because of the division they're in, uh, good guy, and, you know, just hate to see, see that. Uh, but he'll bounce back, uh, you know, next year. But really, um, to have him out and to do what they did to Tampa uh, – and it really threw uh, Bruce Arians into a tizzy after the game, Dave. He said, you know, they asked him about the game. He said, we're just dumb. We made dumb mistakes. We are dumb football players sometimes. And uh, honestly, Dave, th- th- from what I saw this game, uh, it's the first time I thought Tom Brady looked a little old. I mean, he's looked old before, but it l- sure. like obviously at some point, Father Time is undefeated, and uh, this game really spotlighted that for me from what I saw. So uh, interesting to see what they do going forward. So Tampa drops to six and three, Washington three and six. Um, One very, last thing, yeah. Mike, in this game, uh, Mike Evans uh, got a touchdown. Oh yeah, and, wide open. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, terribly wide open. Right. And um, he has now tied Mike Allstott for most touch- touchdowns in Tampa Bay history with 71. Wow. I, I wow. really That's would impressive. not have thought Mike Evans has been there long enough to have 71 touchdowns. And to do that as a receiver where Allstott was the big running back that you'd give yeah. the ball you know, at the goal line to. And he'd run it in, so that's very impressive. Uh, yep. Evans so next touchdown, he's going to be you know all time leader in Tampa Bay for for touchdowns. So uh, kudos to Mike. Kudos to Mike Evans. And uh, yeah, yeah, very 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 surprising. Uh, where do you want to go next, Mike? Dave, uh, you might have a problem with these Patriots, buddy. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what the. Uh, tightening factor of the sphincters are in western new york at this point but uh they came out and put it on this cleveland brown team 45 to 7 uh you know this was a game where uh cleveland's backfield decimated with injury and covid issues that's no problem. We've got a franchise quarterback, the mascot. He can come out and lead our team. We need him to step up and, you know, win this game for us. Uh, Dave, 
not so fast. Mm-mm. 11. Yeah, no. The mascot. Yeah. 11 for 21 for 73 yards, yards, 73 lousy yards, one touchdown, one interception, uh, had to come out. Case Keenum, you know, got some garbage time in uh, as well. Uh, they ran the ball, though, uh, that Dearness Johnson had 19 carries for 99 yards. You know, he, he did what he was supposed to do, but Dave, uh, the mascot, was not getting it done in this game. And Bill Belichick, another master class on defense. Uh, how many times they lined up in one defensive formation and then when the ball was snapped, shifted to another. Uh, you know, Mayfield's head was, you know, about to pop off his shoulders. He was so confused. Uh, this was a bad loss for the Browns, not because – you know, the, yes, it was bad in the standings, and they lost to an AFC potential playoff team, but it really exposed them uh, on both offense and defense. I think, uh, you know, 5-5 five and five for Cleveland now with this 45-7 to seven loss. Uh, this might be a game they look back at and say, you know, where did it all go wrong in the season, and, and this could be it. Um, I really think it was that significant. On the other side... Patriots are just uh, on a march right now, buddy. And, uh, you know, that AFC East, it's going to be tight down to the end between them and your Bills. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we talked last week that, you know, they still have the two games with the Patriots. Uh, You know, I'm going to have to agree with you and say, look, this Cleveland team is not very good. Uh, plus it also feeds into what I'm about to say is that New England only has the one really good win against the Chargers. They've beaten the Jets twice. Mm -hmm. Um, the next four weeks for New England are going to be really telling, you know, with a couple games against the Bills and the Colts and, uh, and the Titans in there. Interestingly enough, they play the Titans the week before they play the Bills. So, um, these next four games, I, let me see what New England is, what their record looks like after those four games. Okay. Um, and then I'll make uh, a, an informed decision, I guess. Um, they are playing well. I'm not nothing to take away from New England, uh, considering you know what we saw early in the season when Mac Jones did not look so good. Right. And the defense, you know, kind of looked lost. Um, now they're they're rolling, and uh, so they deserve some credit, but I want to see them do it against the bigger teams. That's fair. That's fair. You know, we all know that New England traditionally gets better as the calendar gets deeper into uh, the season, um, but, you know, it's a different team than it has been traditionally as well. Rookie quarterback uh, definitely uh, got some major issues. Uh, running the ball has become interesting it seems like there's always a running back or two that's hurt for them but they just keep pulling guys uh off the practice squad or whatever is going on uh you know the the Rayshon Stevenson had 20 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns um for them and you know very interesting to see I, I agree the next four games will be a good litmus test uh, yeah, and they look, they ran for 184 yards against, you know, what's a pretty is a pretty good Cleveland defense. So right. uh, that seems to, you know, it seems to be 
with New England that the offensive line is starting to come together. Uh, certainly, as you see the running game get better, you really that's usually a good indicator that your offensive line is really doing a good job of communicating and blocking and and uh, the offensive coordinators making good calls. So, uh, you know, kudos to them again that, you know, they are starting to click. And uh, it, it, it does, you know, make some folks in Buffalo go, okay, this is who we're going to compete against in the division, uh, which in the beginning of the year, I think people probably would have said it was the Dolphins. So, Gotcha. So what's, give me a number, 1 to 10, on the tightness of the sphincters in western New York. Uh, 10 being a diamond cutter coming out of there, or 1 being, you know, uh, day after Thanksgiving dinner, loose stool situation. So what do you, where, where are you on the Bills' comfort level in the AFC East? I'm trying to think what I said last week. Um, because you I proposed think you were this six and a half or seven. Uh, yeah, I was thinking seven. I don't think it's changed. Okay. Um, okay. And you know, now of course the Bills, and we'll get to them and their steamrolling of the Jets. But yeah, when well, the Bills are playing uh, at their best, mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's anybody that can beat them. And if they can play that way in those games against New England, I, I'm not. That number's not going to go up for me. Okay. Fair enough. We'll definitely keep tabs on the sphincter level uh, out there uh <laughs> speaking of sphincters and diarrhea dave this detroit lions <laughs> pittsburgh steeler debacle of a football oh, what game what a transition what a transition that's oh, my a goodness. segue of the year right there i just yes it. absolutely uh yeah. we, we had oh. our first tie buddy 16 16 in a game that sent the game of football back a hundred years oh, oh my at gosh. least a hundred years ugly 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 uh so the detroit lions have the lovely 08 and one next to their uh record and the steelers go to five three and one you had the mason rudolph versus jared goff uh puke bowl i don't know <laughs> i don't know what anybody was doing uh deandre swift for the lions had a nice game 33 rushes, 130 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, though. Um, Other than that, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this game, buddy. It was bad. It was bad all the way around. Oh, I got got bad for you. So so they get to overtime, folks. And here are the drives by each team in overtime. Detroit gets the ball. Four plays out and punts. Pittsburgh gets the ball back, two plays, and they fumble. Detroit recovers. Detroit gets the ball, five plays, missed field goal. (laughs) Pittsburgh gets the ball, three plays, punt. Detroit gets the ball, three plays, punt. Then we finally get a drive, and it's the rain is coming down uh, in buckets. You know, the field conditions are are not good. People are, you know, dropping the ball and having problems, you know. Pittsburgh had a snap go way over their head. Um, so Pittsburgh, though, puts a 10-play drive together, Mike. Mm-hmm. It looks like they the, the, there's a pass out to the sideline. The, the player catches it, goes over the uh, laid-out uh, TV green line that says this is where they need to get for a field goal. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what happens is the Pittsburgh guy fumbles the ball. 
And most of the time, Friar Moose, who fumbles, had that great catch the week before, fumbles the ball. Yes, yes. And so most of the time with sideline fumbles, the ball goes out of bounds. Right. Uh, it's just because the players are oftentimes running towards the sidelines. It just takes momentum. This ball pops out and just sits <laughs> right down in, you know, fair ground for anybody to get. Right. Two Detroit guys there, dives on it, eight seconds left in the game and all i could think of was this is the tie we've been talking about it for weeks and weeks you know and and detroit there they got a pass and did a couple of laterals but didn't even right didn't even come close so ugly but yeah that was that was the overtime uh definitely some of the worst football Sure, there was field conditions, but neither team wanted to win this game oh my gosh. Uh, at crazy. all. I mean, it just was just atrocious football, yeah. to say the least. No, I, I think um, in European soccer, if a team's so bad, um, they could be relegated out of the league. I think the Lions need to be relegated sometime <laughs> soon. I mean, that was ugly, but the Steelers weren't much better, so... Uh, you know, again, weather conditions were what they were, but come on, folks, let's do something here. Um, let's go, Dave, to another upset, I would say, uh, and we alluded to it in our opening, Carolina Panthers, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Panthers win 34-10. to 10. Uh, Kind of surprising news on Thursday we saw that the Panthers uh, signed Cam Newton. Uh, Sam Darnold is is hurt, and uh, they needed you know a backup quarterback. And PJ Walker has been serviceable for them, but certainly they needed uh, somebody that was familiar with their systems. So they bring in Cam, and sure enough, they drive down and they get in their first red zone uh, situation, and they bring Cam in at quarterback. PJ goes to the bench. And Cam, I'll give him credit, nice run, broke a couple tackles, gets into the end zone. And Dave, forgive me, maybe I'm not uh, as smart as the average bear, but if you take your helmet off on an NFL field on purpose, isn't that supposed to be a penalty? Uh, Oh, yes. Yep. And and sure enough, Cam Newton got the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty there. And this is early for this is the first quarter. I mean, this is within right. the first few minutes of the game. Right. Uh, goes over and gets right in the camera and says, "I'm back. I'm back." Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. Cam He's Newton. A big fella. Calm down. Uh, Carolina was put in great position by a fumble uh, by the Cardinals. So let's just pump the brakes, buddy. Um, but it's still a really good story, nonetheless, that he gets picked up. Uh, they had said they didn't even think he was really going to play this week, uh, based on the short, you know, the short right. turnaround. Right. So to see him in the game right away, I think took everybody by surprise. No, I agree, and you got to remember this is a Cardinals team playing without uh, Kyler Murray, playing without Hopkins. You know, they're pretty banged up. So you know, Colt McCoy, who, as I said last week, is one of the top backups in the league. Um, you know proved me exactly wrong in this game with uh, 11 for 20 for 107 oh. lousy yards and an interception. Um, 
Yeah, it was uh, not the best performance by the Cardinals, to say the least. But uh, Cam is back in Carolina, and now Carolina Dave is five and five, and a little bit frisky. You know, uh, could they, you know, get to a playoff spot? Yeah, I mean they're going to have to win uh, some games in a row here. It's they've certainly put themselves in a position where they're going to have to, you know, not win out, but close to it. You know, they've got Washington this week. They've got the Dolphins, the Falcons. They play your Bills. Uh, yep. Bucks, Bucks, Saints, Bucks to end the season. That'll probably. Ouch. Yeah. So Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. That's the last four for them. Oh, that's, not well, good. you know, not, no, not good. But uh, it they'll have their chances against the top competition. Sure, absolutely. Uh, for sure. And they've, you know, as much as they've struggled, uh, and, you know, we didn't even talk about Christian McCaffrey in this game. He was back. He's back. And, boy, did they need him. 13 carries, 95 yards on the ground, yep. 10 catches for another 66 yards doing Christian McCaffrey-type things. Yeah. Uh, he certainly can carry the offensive load. Right. Uh, so, and Carolina, their defense has played well. Uh, this is a team, while I, I agree with you, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make these last games are going to be every team. They're going to be very difficult to play the Cardinals. Yeah. Or you mean the Panthers, um, the Panthers. Yeah. Sorry. I was yeah, looking at the Cardinals. It'd be difficult to play the Cardinals once they get healthy also. So the Cardinals dropped to eight and two, uh, again, very banged up, but, and they have a little room to work with, but still, uh, they're going to want to get back on their winning ways as soon as possible. But yeah, cam is back folks. Uh, another hideous outfit he wore into the game. I don't know why we oh. have to have a, a Cam Newton fashion show. Uh, he's a handsome man, but come on. Uh, what are we yep. doing? Well, if they keep winning, Mike, it's not going away. Oh, my goodness. It's going to get worse and worse. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's back. Oh. Uh, and we'll go from there. What's next, buddy? Well, uh, you know, I think there's – we've talked about a couple of these games uh, – there were serious blowouts uh, this week, Mike, and mm-hmm. we've talked about Dallas and New England and Carolina. Uh, Green Bay, Kansas City, and San Francisco all had big uh, blowout wins, um, and we can talk a little bit more specifics about them, but I want to just hit those six games, mm-hmm. okay? Dallas, with those teams winning, uh, the, the combined score of those games uh, – 211 to 44. Wow. So the winning wow. teams averaged 35 points per game and the losing teams averaged seven. Oh my goodness. Uh, wow. You typically don't see a week, you know, a week where you have all of these blowouts that just. Yeah. The NFL is just a little more level, and you don't usually see that. Um, and I was a little surprised, uh, Mike, with the fact that Seattle looked so inept. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I think, um, based on what I've heard and a little bit of what I saw, Russell Wilson probably came back a little too quickly. Yeah. You know, you kind of thought that going into the game before you saw I mean having a pin in your finger and then having it removed is not a joke. You know, everyone's, oh, it's just a finger. 
but it's that pressure he needs to put on the ball to make it accurate, spin accurately, all those things. Uh, certainly, I mean, he was 20 for 40, Dave. For yeah, oh, terrible. yards. Uh, two interceptions. Two interceptions, not good. Uh, and also their running game, you know, Carson's finally going to come back for them this week, they're thinking. Um, Alex Collins, 10 rushes for 41 yards. Uh, not not good at all. Uh, and, you know, Green Bay did what they had to do. You know, they scored. It was This game was 3 nothing through the third quarter. So it wasn't exactly um, entertaining or a blowout to begin with. And then yeah. the fourth quarter, you know, Green Bay, you know, put it on them. Uh, A.J. Dillon is a beast, dude. Uh, 21 carries only 66 yards, but two touchdowns. Uh, caught the ball out of the backfield twice, uh, including a 50-yarder that was just spectacular. Um, and, you know, Green Bay did what they had to do. You know, the Aaron Rodgers super spreader event uh, here in Green Bay. Uh, you know, he, the week before, he got caught on camera yelling, uh, I still own you to the Bears fans, uh, or two weeks ago. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, no such uh, trash talk this week, but saw a little bit of snow uh, before the game on the field, too. And there was uh, some uh, mixed precipitation throughout the game. Always fun to see uh, on the TV in high def. Uh, it feels like football. But, uh, yeah, 17 nothing. The over-under in this game, Dave, was 49. <laughs> they only scored 17 points combined. Uh, I don't know what else to say about this game, buddy. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I completely agree. Uh, the other thing, I haven't seen anything, Mike. Maybe you did. Aaron Jones got hurt in this game and had to come out, uh, was in tears coming out of the tent. Uh, I haven't seen anything on this. Uh, I don't know if you've heard anything. Yeah, it's a, a sprain. Uh, nothing, you know, all the tests came back negative, probably a couple of weeks, and then he'll be back. Uh, they have A.J. Dillon, so they're going to be okay. They do, but Aaron Jones is, is oh, such a weapon. World. Yeah, um, absolutely. But they are, they're very lucky to have A.J. Dillon, and we've been talking about him most of the season. Yeah. Because uh, when he has gotten in there, he's done a really good job. So uh, yeah. we'll continue to, to monitor that. Uh, Mike, the Sunday night game? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chiefs and Raiders mm-hmm. uh, was close for a little while there. Um, yeah. You know, in the while. first half. And, you know, yeah. then the Raiders were able to come out in the third quarter and, and put together a nice drive and uh, get a touchdown. And you thought, oh, okay. Um, hey, you know, that gets it to 17-14 and things are really looking good. And then, then oh. no. Then it happened, you know. Uh, yeah, then Kansas City finally kind of had a Kansas City, you know, half. Right. What we're, From what we've been used to seeing from them. Yeah, this is, you know, every week it's like, oh, this is the week they're going to put it together. This is the week. And then, like you said, finally in the second half of this game, uh, Mahomes and the boys did their thing. He ends up 35 for 50, 406 yards, five touchdowns, folks. Uh I think that Tyreek Hill is still wide open. Um, he scored two <laughs> touchdowns, and one of them, like, it's Tyreek Hill. Why are you not all over him? But Yeah, um, he's still running. This Raiders team, though, uh, 
I think their goose is cooked for the season, buddy. Between the, all the off-field nonsense and now, you know, a couple of losses in a row, uh, they're really uh, in trouble here uh, with their season. And, you know, uh, they're all human. It's got to affect you, you know, all this stuff off the field. It's just – you. As as much as you want to rally around the boys and the and the interim coach, and we saw that for a few weeks, that was fine. But you can't just sustain that long term. So they dropped to five and four, uh, Chiefs uh, up to six and four. And uh, you know I've been saying all year how the Chiefs have been in last place. Well, they're not in last place anymore in the, in their division. And uh, yeah, it'll be interting to see. Dave, I'm you know, putting you on the spot. What's going on with uh, Edwards Alaire? Any idea when he's coming back at all? Or have you seen anything? You know, I feel uh, like he's been out forever. And Yeah, I have not. I have not seen anything. Uh, certainly as a rookie last year, he was a big part uh, of Kansas City's offense and a, a really big spark plug. And they're definitely missing, I think, that piece. Oh, it says uh, here uh, he has an MCL injury, but he's expected to return in week 11. So uh, timely timely ask by me. So uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, one, when you go back and look at the Raiders, uh, their third quarter drives, uh, you have the touchdown we talked about. Uh, three plays and a fumble, three plays and an interception, four plays and a punt, uh, getting into a, one last drive where they had 15 plays but turned it over on downs. So uh, their offense just kind of disappeared, um, and that certainly has been a piece that the Raiders have been able to lean on a lot this year. Yeah, I think they've fallen in love with throwing the ball a little too much. Like uh, Josh Jacobs is a stud running back. He, you know, he only had uh, – seven carries for 16 yards uh, and yeah. i know a lot of that was scoreboard uh related in the second half but still you got to run the ball and do your play action pass stuff uh and that's why you get you know darren waller and hunter renfro and all those guys you know open for for um you know success uh they've gotten away from their identity and probably a lot of that has to do with the coaching change with gruden too um, but, sure. Yeah. Oh, of course. That's definitely a factor. But yeah, the Chiefs are back, buddy. And um, so now I'll be interested to see if they can sustain that over the rest of the season and, and uh, you know, reinstate their mini, mini dynasty or whatever it is they got going on there. <laughs> uh, Monday Night Football, you, you want to, oh, we got to talk about real quick, Eagles, Broncos, uh just one play uh and you've probably seen it on all the highlight shows so teddy uh bridgewater throws an interception darius slay picks it off he twirls around uh makes a few moves and he's running the ball uh back for a pick six and he gets into uh, a huddle of bronco uh linemen that he needs to break through and there's teddy bridgewater uh, basically standing up straight and standing still, giving not minimal effort, but no effort to tackle Darius Slay. And I know he's, you know, he's coached to, you know, don't get hurt and get it, but get out of the way. Go run to the sideline yeah. or something. He's just there yeah. in the middle of the field, like the Statue of Liberty, like he's in quicksand. Uh, and he's just standing there, uh, 
Teddy, you know, at least put your arm out and try to arm tackle him. I don't know. I don't know. Do something or get out of the picture. But uh, <laughs> really, really bad effort by Teddy Bridgewater. And he said after the game, you know, I got to be better at that or whatever. But check that yeah. out, folks. Uh, you know, search that one up if you're looking for video. Uh, Monday Night Football. I know we usually don't cover it, you know, in our, our recap. But uh, we're doing a little different this week. Uh, Rams, Niners, Dave. Uh, is this Rams team broken? Are they all of a sudden uh, in trouble down to seven and three? Uh, Jalen Ramsey freaking out on the bench. Uh, defense, you know, not getting any pass rush. Uh, you know, tried. You know, terrible news. Uh, they saw so they signed Odell. That's not the terrible news, uh, although it might be. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> literally, like an hour and a half later, Robert Woods blows out his ACL or his Achilles and is done Go for the for season. The um, yeah. So the three of them with Cup uh, on the field together is not happening this season. Uh, terrible news for Woods and you know the Rams in general. Uh, so they come out first play for the Rams on offense. They throw a little comeback route to Odell, and it's like, okay, you know, I can see that. Uh, and then uh, later in the quarter, uh, they Stafford drops back, scrambles a little, throws the ball deep, 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 deep down the left side, and all there is is two Chiefs standing there catching it like it's a punt. And Odell's yeah. like ten yards away. He broke. He broke out towards the sideline and didn't keep going straight. And you're going to have those, you know, um, absolutely with a new team in the short turnaround. But Mm -hmm. my point is, just like in Cleveland, are the Rams going to try and get Odell the ball to the detriment of their overall offensive philosophy? Uh, If that's the case, then it's going to be just as unsuccessful as it was, you know, in Cleveland. it seems like Odell uh, was humble about it and, you know, was trying to, you know, downplay the whole thing. But um, you can't force the ball into anybody and have success like that. And then another terrible interception, uh, not Stafford's fault. Uh, he hit Higby. They were doing a tight end screen. The ball, Dave, literally hit Higby in the hands bounced up and right into the chest of the 49ers defender. I mean, like it was placed there like a handoff. Higby's got to catch that ball or at least knock it down. But uh, so two interceptions for Stafford, probably not either one of them his fault. Uh, But he was 26 for 41 for 243 yards. They are not running the ball at all. Ten rushes for 52 yards. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. Um what did you see in this game, buddy? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, so Matthew Stafford, uh, and we talked about this last week, now adds to his record of pick sixes now with number 25. Good call. Uh, again, not his fault, but uh, that's how they track those things, and so he's got to deal with that. Um you know, I, I don't know, Mike, I was listening to the radio today and a guy called in and said he thinks Sean McVay looks nervous on the sidelines nervous. like he's coaching a 1-8 and eight or 1-9 and nine team. Hmm. Um, was, you know, just really getting on McVay. And, um, but, you know, I think that there's, a, there's a lot of pressure 
And this is kind of, I think, what this one caller was getting at. There's a lot of pressure because of all the moves that they've made. And, you know, my sense would be you should be embracing that. You have all these weapons and all these things. Well, let's let's go destroy some teams. Uh, And it seems like kind of the opposite is happening. The I'm going to use your term. The sphincter is kind of shrinking up a little bit on the Rams. And. Look, they're not in a terrible spot. They're seven and three. They have, you know, everything that they want for their season in front of them. But they have got to get out of this funk that they're in. Um, and now, as we know, the the 49ers have now won five straight against the Rams, and they just can't seem to find a way to beat the 49ers. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I said earlier in the season that their roster was, you know, a mile wide but an inch deep, and that's really, you know, showing up that if their top, you know, three or four performers on each side of the ball don't have great games, they're in trouble. Um, I, I think that uh, – I don't know if I agree with the McVeigh looks nervous. I think more anxious or more um, – like frustrated like i think Uh he's definitely someone who obsesses over things and certainly he cannot figure out what's going wrong with this team uh in my opinion so uh it'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments they make uh this niners team dave you know all of a sudden um, you know, they're starting to put it together a little, they're starting to get healthy. George Kittle's back, uh, looking good a couple of weeks in a row now. Uh, they're starting to get some running backs back, and, you know, Garoppolo's playing fine. Uh, you know, Bosa's showing up on defense. I, I think, you know, this Niners team isn't totally out of it yet, and uh, could be interesting to see what they do, you know, down the stretch. They're grouped up with a bunch of teams uh, at four and five uh, just outside the wild card looking in uh, right now. The old uh, if the season ended today routine, uh, they're there with the Vikings and the Falcons and the Eagles four and five, four and six. Uh, So um, there could be someone no one wants to play down the stretch. And And I said last week, and I still stick by, I think Kyle Shanahan might have to be on the hot seat uh, if they don't finish strong. I'm not saying they have to make the playoffs to save his job uh, because of how much of a disaster it was early in the year. Uh, and they're going to give him a chance to do uh, what they want with Trey Lance. You know, I think he'll get a season or two with him. Um, but uh, this Niners team, who I liked to start the season, uh, really um, keep an eye out on them to finish out here is, is all I'll say. About oh, yeah. I think they very much look like the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very similar, you know, kind of game management type of offense, strong defense. Good call. Uh, and we know that that is a formula for success, uh, despite all of the high flying, you know, receiving records and passing records that have been broken over these last bunch of years. But when it comes right down to it, and some of this is, you know, old man, get off my porch, but uh, (laughs) that type of game plan still is successful in the NFL. And these two teams are sticking to it um, and now are, you know, getting a little bit healthier and getting into a spot where, yeah, I mean, when the 49ers were playing well a couple of years ago, nobody wanted to play them. Right. 
Um, and they were, you know, obviously got all the way to the Super Bowl. Right. Their offensive line was mauling people. They were running the ball at will. And then when you can do that, you know, and uh, Debo Samuel, Dave, is uh, somebody that really is quite a weapon. I really enjoy watching him play football. So, Dave, do you have the list there of who's been on the get out of here uh, so far this season? Go way oh, back in I have your to go. I have to go way back in my notes here and see Let where me, we uh, where we put everybody here. Bring up the. Did you tell the Jets to get out of here? I think you did. If I'm not mistaken, um, I know I'm putting thinking you. Thinking so. Let's see. Uh, there I have Houston that I said get out of here. Houston, uh, the solid one and eight, uh, continuing to be just god awful at football. Oh, I thought I really thought I was keeping track of it, Mike. I, it doesn't look to me like. Well, let's go through real quick then. Yeah. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, Dave, three and seven, third place in the AFC East, uh, not remotely in. Uh, the wild card, there's like 47 teams ahead of them. Uh, is it time for the Dolphins to get out of here? Boy, it's tough, you know, coming off such a big win against the Ravens. I know. Uh, let's let's give them one more week. They are uh, in the bottom quarter there of the of the conference. Okay. Uh, gonna give them one more week though. How about uh, the New York Football Jets, two and seven? Uh, below the Dolphins, which is below 47 other teams. Uh, is it time for the Jets to get out of here? Yes, Steve Gross, sorry, not sorry. New York Jets, get out of here. Beautiful. I'm 99% sure the Jacksonville Jaguars already have gotten the get out of here, but if you want to give Irvin Meyer another one, I, I'm, I'd be willing to listen to it, buddy. <laughs> yes, they definitely got because I said he could Jacksonville could go well, and Urban Meyer could go. Let's we'll just give him a light one. Get out of here, Jacksonville. And I still I'll ask the question again: Will Urban Meyer finish the season as the coach of the Jaguars? I cannot believe that he is still the coach of the Jaguars. So I guess I'm going to have to go with. Yes, he, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna stay. Uh, yeah, if he didn't get surprising. fired already, then you know, what, what is it gonna take to get rid of him? I guess. Uh, oh, email from yeah. ten years ago where you use in, inappropriate language. I guess would be. <laughs> uh, uh, Houston Texans. I'm pretty sure you gave the. Yep, yep. That was the first team. They were the, the first, first team to go. Team. All right, let's go to the NFC, buddy. Some of these are gonna hurt me. Um, so in the NFC, uh, the Panthers are the last team that are in, in the last wild card spot at five and five. Uh, the wild card teams right now are Rams at seven and three, Saints at five and four, Panthers at five and five. Outside looking in, Vikings, Niners, and Falcons at four and five, Eagles at four and six, Washington Football Team, New York Giants. Seattle Seahawks and the Chicago Bears all at three and six, Dave. Uh, that's kind of nuts that all of those teams, those four teams are trailing four teams that are one game off uh, for the last 
wild card spot. Is there anybody <laughs> there that uh, would meet your get out of here criteria at this point? Oh boy! I mean, I think it's tough. It's t- the only the only one that I I would consider would probably be the Bears. Um, Just because they have the Vikings and the Packers to leapfrog over. Wait, yeah, just... I mean, there's that. I, you know, I think Justin Fields continues to struggle. The defense hasn't played very well. They're you know, I look at some. Is I look at you know, yeah. yeah, like Seattle has Russell Wilson. He may start to play better. The Giants are going to get Saquon Barkley back, and they're going to start to play better. You saw Washington play better. The Eagles, I cannot figure out uh, for the life of me. The fact that they're ahead of all those teams is mm. beyond a head-scratcher to me. So uh, if anybody, let's do it. Uh, to all of you Bears fans out there, sorry, not sorry. Get out of here, Chicago Bears. Nice. So I have the uh, percentage chances of making the postseason, and uh, the Seahawks and the Giants are at 9.8%, as well as the Washington football team. Uh, and the Bears with the same record, less than 1%. So whoever's making those odds agrees with you. And then (laughs) lastly, uh, on the get out of here, and I think you may have already done this as well, the Lions at 0-8-1 with a 0.0% chance to make the... uh, Make the playoffs this year, so uh, Mr. Blue Tarski, zero point <laughs> zero. Yes, uh, fat, the drunk, Detroit and stupid is no way to go through. No life, way son. to go through life, son. That's right. Mm-hmm. So Detroit, we probably did it anyways, but get out of here, Lions. All right. So one of our favorite segments on uh, Think Tank Sports is the get out of here. So let's uh, wrap it up, Dave. We're looking at next week's uh, card of games real quick. Uh, The Thursday night game. uh, Oh, we're not even going to talk about my bills? Oh, I thought we went over them. My bad, yo, as the kids say. That's okay. Get it. That's all right. Uh, We can, you know. uh, I mean, they they beat the Jets 45-17. What do you want me to to say? Yeah, you know, again, I think quickly they, they, if you're a Bills fan, you saw the team do things that you've wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Allen got on track. Stefan Diggs had his first huge game. Speaking they absolutely yeah. could not cover him. No. They threw a deep ball. It was incomplete. They put somebody else in because that guy got hurt. They went right back at Diggs, and he caught it. Uh, 162 yards receiving for Diggs, 366 in the air. For Allen with two touchdowns, um, the Bills ran the ball 24 times for 139 yards and four rushing touchdowns, which included a touchdown by Matt Breda, who made yes. an appearance, who's been a, a healthy scratch since week three. He also caught a pass for a touchdown, which was exciting. Um, but, Mike, the Jets, they're bad. We knew that. Really? Um, this just in. This just in, but the Bills intercepted them four times. Uh, Mike White, your Hall of Fame career is now over. Mike Bleepin' uh, White uh, is Mike Bleepin' White now. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yes. And they also recovered a fumble. Uh, all four Bills uh, starting secondary players had interceptions in this game. Uh, the Bills dominated as well they should. 
against a, a pretty bad Jets team. So happy Bills yeah. fans that we got a win and played well after a couple of bad weeks. Uh, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, give them short shrift here on the show. Uh, that just, is quite all right. I they caught just stomped before them. we got away. Yeah, no, you did. They just stomped them so hard. I just figured uh, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, great, great effort by the Bills. Um, NFL Network has a fantasy football show, and they have a segment that's called That Helps No One. Uh, so Matt Breida scoring two touchdowns if you had Singletary or Moss. Uh, <laughs> yes. You were not happy that Breida got into the end zone because that helps no one. But as a real football fan for the Bills, I'm sure you were quite happy to see him get involved. Oh, yeah. You know, he came over and they said he's got a you know little speed and some yeah. shiftiness. And yeah. they really thought he was going to add a nice dimension uh, to a three-headed uh running attack yep. but he just hasn't he hasn't played in six weeks so right. yeah it was definitely nice to see him get out there and uh sure and, and do what he needed to do sure so as i was saying before you rudely interrupted with your buffalo Bills oh of fall, course yeah uh, yeah thursday night game this week is uh patriots and falcons uh patriots are favored by seven uh i see this as a patriots blowout but uh you know, that'll be an interesting game for sure. And since it's on Thursday night, uh, the whole world will be watching. Uh, yeah, hopefully the Falcons don't get up 28 to 3. <laughs> oh, how many references are, will that have on the, the, the telecast? Oh, many, many, yeah. Right? Yep. Oh, absolutely. All right. So uh, your Bills play the Colts 1 o'clock Sunday, buddy. Uh, Bills uh, also favored by 7 over under is at 50. Uh I don't know, this Colts team, uh, up and down, Jekyll and Hyde, uh, some weeks they look like they're just going to beat everybody. You know, Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, probably the MVP of the league, non-quarterback division. Um, and, yeah, you know, yeah, he's, he's scared. He's, yeah, he scares me. You think about sure. Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor's playing as well as anybody. So sure. uh, the Bills, the Bills defense will be uh, put to the test for sure. They have, you know, shown up and played well in all of these games. But uh, this is just going to be another huge test for them. Colts probably still smarting from the playoff loss last year. Uh, looking to get some some revenge back on the Bills. Uh, yeah, I think this game's going to be a little bit tighter. Uh, if I was a betting man, I, I might take the Colts uh, and the points here, Mike. Yeah, I could see the Bills winning, but the Colts covering the seven. That, that makes sense to me. Uh, all of a sudden, this Washington-Carolina game is interesting. I, you know, I, I probably oh, my goodness. Yeah. wouldn't watch it normally, but you know, it definitely has implications and, and could – vault the Washington team into get out of here status if they lose this game and and the Panthers you know uh with Cam at quarterback uh could be interesting for sure uh what else there buddy what else strikes your fancy uh you know Packers Vikings that's always, always you know a big thing yeah. um you know the Vikings it's just they're just so up and down mm. uh hard to say but you'd have to think in a divisional game they'll play well mm -hmm. so that looks interesting um oh boy there There's are some, some dogs, bad Jets, games, dogs, but, fed, lions, um, browns, all of a sudden's a toilet bowl 
Yeah, but you do have, you know, the Cowgirls and the Chiefs in the 425 slot. That uh, has has potential for a really good game. Uh, You know, Cardinals-Seahawks is another one in that later – Later slot that's that's yeah. not terrible, particularly if you get Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back for the Cardinals, and right. another week for Russell Wilson. The Seahawks are at home. Uh, that could that could be a game. Steelers Chargers is the Sunday night game. Yeah, that'll be a um, fun one. I, I don't see the Chargers favored by five. I, that seems high to me. I don't. They've not played yeah. well. Um, and the Steelers. Give them two and a half, maybe, but right. Oh my goodness! Five yeah, seems five like seems like. And then, of course, Mike. There it is. The Monday night game. There it is. The Buccaneers and the Giants. Bucks favored by eleven. Dave, eleven. Disrespectful to the Giants. Saquon's coming back, uh, getting healthy. Galladay will be back healthy. Uh, you know, defense has been playing well. You know, really had. Uh, should have beaten Kansas City, been playing well the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I'm really surprised it's 11. You know, I, I'm not going to be delusional and say the Bucks, you know, aren't the better team on paper. Of course they are. Um, but still, uh, I think that's a little bit uh, disrespect there uh, to my New York football giants. Yep, yep. Uh, I agree all the way around. I think, you know, they're – this is a good time, I think, for the Giants to be playing the Bucks. They're struggling a little bit. The Giants are getting healthy. Uh, hopefully it's a good game. We'd love to be talking about uh, a really good Monday night game, uh, particularly when it involves uh, your beloved New York Giants, Mike. Absolutely, and it will be my birthday week, so it might be a nice birthday present to get a, a W on the Oh, yes, it will. The birthday week, so. So with that, Dave, we'll wrap it up here today with Think Tank Sports in our uh, Week 10 recap. We appreciate all the love, all the feedback. Please hit us up on all of our social media platforms. Uh, Give us your questions, your comments, your regurgitations. Uh, We'd love to see it. And, uh, you know, definitely here at Think Tank Sports where we think and you listen, we strive for five.